0: This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2.
1: Just a few weeks ago, we were treated to a total lunar eclipse, which made so many of us look to the skies and get excited about space. And as usual, there's always space news. So it's time to welcome back to Hope Breakfast astrophysicist, Kirsten Banks. Good morning, Kirsten.
0: Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk space with you once again. Well, okay. Let's start with
1: the one that came across my radar a little while ago. Chatter about space junk. What is space junk and how does it get there?
0: Right. So space junk is a big problem in space, around Earth in particular. So space junk is essentially any human-made object that's in orbit around the Earth, but it doesn't serve a purpose. So it could be old satellites that are no longer working anymore or they've been decommissioned, or it could be even teeny tiny pieces of pieces of like paint off space things as well that are just whizzing around the Earth and potentially causing some pretty decent damage. Because
1: I imagine it would cost a lot to launch a satellite up there, but there's not really a way of getting it back to Earth, is there?
0: There are a couple of ways we can decommission space satellites safely. So if they're in low orbit, you can de-orbit them by firing some thrusters, making them go into the atmosphere, and then they burn up in the atmosphere, basically. Or... You can send them, and I love this one, you can send them to a graveyard orbit.
1: A graveyard orbit. Yeah,
0: right? It sounds so weird. So it's essentially an orbit that's really far away and so it's, it's not a problem for people on Earth, essentially. It's the graveyard orbit, they call it.
1: Right. How fascinating is that? And there was actually a moment where some space junk ran into the International Space Station recently.
0: Yes, yes. The uh, robotic arm on the International Space Station was hit by some unknown space junk, which is kind of the scary part that it was unknown. We don't know what it was because we're very good at tracking space junk, but only the big stuff. So things that are about bigger than your usual phone size. So there are more than 27,000 objects that are tracked that are space junk. But there could be more than 200,000 pieces of space junk size between 10 centimetres and one centimetre, and possibly even more than millions less than one centimetre in size.
1: Now, when I think about one centimetre, it's minuscule here, but I can imagine it could cause Mm. quite a bit of damage in space.
0: Oh, yes, because these things can be travelling up to speeds of 28,000 kilometres per hour. Whoa. So even though you have just a small piece of mass, if it's travelling that fast, that's still a heck of a lot of momentum.
1: Yeah, right. So space junk something to be aware of. But also I saw an announcement that some baby squid are bound for the International Space Station, and I'm guessing this is a junk.
0: So, no, this is not junk. This is really, really cool. Um, these little squid are so, so adorable. But essentially, 128 baby bobtail squids have been sent up to the International Space Station because we want to test how does space flight affect interactions between uh, microbes and animal hosts. So, in this case, these particular squid, what's really cool about these squid is that they actually glow in the dark.
1: Ah. But they're not
0: born that way so these little these little baby squid need to acquire these microbes from their environment to kind of like unlock this power that they can then glow in the dark and that can help them uh hide from predators uh and and do all sorts of things and and live their lives so by sending them up into space on on the rocket and sending them to the space station, we can easily see okay they're starting if they start to glow in the dark all right that they've they've you know acquired those microbes and they've you know unlocked that power so it's a pretty cool way to test how this sort of thing affects this spaceflight affects living organisms other than humans
1: is there any truth to the rumor as well they'll become little pets for those uh working on the international space station
0: i'm sure they'll definitely be given names like as a scientist i even name like the stars that i work with because first of all they have all just number names so they're kind of boring but (laughs) we as scientists we uh, fall in love with our work and give things weird names sometimes so I'm sure they'll turn into inadvertent pets for those on the International Space Station. This is Hope Breakfast
1: with Sam and we are joined this morning by astrophysicist Kirsten Banks uh, finding out all the latest in space news and this one caught my eye that there is not one but two missions coming uh, to Venus, NASA's announced
0: indeed so this is part of nasa's discovery program where teams of scientists pitch their ideas of where they want to go to discover things in space so in february 2020 uh there were four missions that were up for up for grabs two were for venus and others were for moons around jupiter and saturn and the two that were chosen were the two going to venus so these two missions they have great names as we often do in astronomy. One's called Da Vinci Plus, which stands for Deep Atmosphere Venus Investigation of Noble Gases, Chemistry and Imaging. Oh,
1: that's well done, isn't it?
0: Very well done indeed. I think that one might be a bit of a backronym. <laughs> they started with DaVinci Vinci Plus <laughs> yes, and right. then filled in the letters and filled <laughs> in the words. So this one will be trying to understand uh, how Venus's atmosphere formed and its composition and trying to determine whether the planet actually maybe had an ocean in the past, oh. which is really cool. It'll be interesting to see what they find out from there. Uh, and then you also have Veritas, another very cool name. And Veritas stands for Venus Emissivity, Radio Science, INSA, which is also an acronym, apparently, Topography and Spectroscopy. So you got acronyms I, I said, within That's acronyms definitely here. a backronym,
1: that one, too
0: oh yeah definitely and it just sounds so cool veritas so this one will be uh mapping the surface of venus and determine uh the geological history of venus to try and understand why it developed so differently to the earth because we've always talked about venus being a sister planet to the earth very similar in size uh it's a bit bit closer to the sun than we are but not by that much and yet We are so, so different. It has this runaway greenhouse effect. Its average temperature on the surface is about 500 degrees Celsius. Mm. Quite hot indeed and very, very different, A kind of like a, a hellish Earth, if you will. So this one we'll try and understand why. Why did it form so differently to the Earth? Now,
1: if I'm right, I think the first mission to Venus was in the 70s and the last one that went there was in the 90s. Why has it been so long since we've been there
0: and and what more could there be to discover? There's definitely lots to discover. But the things we need to consider here when we're talking about going to different planets is the effort it takes to get to each planet. So, for example, the um, benefit of going to Mars over Venus. Mars, even though it's further away from the sun than we are and it might take a bit of extra boost to get there, it's travelling slower than Venus is. Because it is orbiting around a bit further away. Hmm. And so it's a bit of an easier target to catch since it is moving slower. Venus moves a bit faster. Yes, we're moving closer to the sun, which can be easier at times, but it's a bit of a harder target to catch. Not impossible. Like you said, we've done it before and we're going to do it again. But uh, that's kind of one reason why Mars is often chosen over Venus. Also with Mars as well, it's not going to melt your spacecraft. <laughs> One of the first missions that went to Venus, it essentially melted on impact because the temperature was so high. So that's another thing that we need to consider as well.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing this is going to be an unmanned mission. We're not going to send people to Venus, are we? Yes,
0: yeah, no crew here, just the robots doing their good science for humanity.
1: And hopefully living to tell the tale as well.
0: Hopefully, yeah. yes. <laughs>
1: Kirsten Banks, you always teach us so much about our solar system and and we love that. It helps us wonder about the universe around us. You can find Kirsten on Instagram and Twitter at AstroKirsten. And once again, thanks for your time. Looking forward to catching up
0: again. My pleasure. I look forward to it. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.